Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm Dina Marie Hale, your host, and with me in studio is Archbishop Alexander Sample. And today in our program, we're going to focus on how the Holy Spirit is working in the Archdiocese of Portland with a very special gathering of our priests, Archbishop Alexander Sample, and some very special guests that have come to really help bring about, an, I think, the igniting of the Holy Spirit. So as we talk about this, Archbishop, please help us begin with prayer. Indeed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we continue through now these closing days of this great season of Easter in which we have been rejoicing in the resurrection of your Son, Jesus, and as we approach the great solemnity of his ascension, and as we await the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, we ask you to pour out the Spirit now upon us, and especially upon our listening audience that, Lord, you will open their hearts and their minds to receive from you all the gifts that you want to give and a word that will bring them hope and encouragement. So, Father, we place this time in your hands, asking you, as always, to lead us and guide us. And all this we ask through the same Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom. Pray for us. St. Joseph. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, a few weeks ago, you invited us to pray and to join you in praying the Surrender Novena. I hope our listeners have been doing (laughs) that and continuing that Novena, but particularly for the needs of our priests. As the very beginning of May, they've come together. And so uh, I want to just have you share a little bit about this mission of bringing the priests together for a special a special assignment, I think a special time. A special time, a really a special time of grace. Well, I, you know, I, I have sensed, well, certainly over the last years, we've all tried to navigate through this COVID time, but I have really been sensing some guidance, if you will, of the Holy Spirit for us here in the Archdiocese of Portland. And I don't, I, I want to be very clear about this. I, I don't pretend to be any kind of a, 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 a seer or a prophet or uh, anybody specially gifted uh, with gifts of discernment of the Holy Spirit. And quite honestly, I am learning a lot more about discernment of, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how the Lord directs us in our life over this last year in some spiritual exercises I've been going through. But I have, I've, been, I've been sensing that the Holy Spirit wants to do something here in Western Oregon. He wants to do something everywhere, of mm-hmm, course. Mm-hmm. But that, 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 that I have been have this growing sense that there's a special mission for us here, that God wants to move among us here in the Archdiocese of Portland in a special and powerful way. And as I've been praying and, and really praying, and that's why I wanted people to pray the Surrender Novena, in building up to this special retreat convocation that we had for the priest last week. Because it was as I began myself praying that Surrender Novena, and I think as I've shared before, 
I, you know, a novena is nine days. Well, I, I just keep praying it over and over and over and over again because it's creating in me, or it's maybe it's resurrecting in me, a spirituality of complete abandonment to divine providence, complete surrender to the divine will in all things, and that God is leading us and guiding us, uh, and that we we can't count on our human efforts, uh, that ultimately everything is in the hands of the Lord. So as I have been praying this surrender novena myself, miracles kind of started to happen, and I don't want to, maybe miracle is too strong a word, although, you know, that's one of the lines <laughs> in, in the surrender novena, one of the daily meditations is, I will make miracles happen when they are needed. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this time of great need in the world, in the church, in our archdiocese, I believe that the Lord wants to do miracles among us. And so these different pieces began sort of falling into place. One of the things that came very clear to me is that the priests of our archdiocese, these wonderful shepherds and spiritual fathers to God's people, need some special uh, care and attention and encouragement and support. Um, that has come very clear on my heart and my mind, as it has, quite honestly, with my leadership team here in the Pastoral Center, this, this sense that we really need to pour into, that's, that's the uh, uh, a terminology that, that Father John Ricardo in Acts 29, which is the group we brought in last week to be with our priests, uh, used over and over again, that, that I feel a need for me, myself personally, but also for us as a, as a, as a people of God here in Western Oregon, to pour into our priests a little bit uh, and, and to, to, to help them in their, in their mission to shepherd us and lead us and guide us. And I say that, you know, and, and, and you know, people get very, uh, they get very funny and, and, and sensitive about these things. I can hear somebody, you know, saying that sounds very clerical. You know, why would I focus just on the priest? You know, we're all the, the children of God. and We've all had a tough year, you know, with COVID. And, and that's true. It's true. I don't mean to communicate that the priests have had it harder than anyone else. You know, we have people that have lost jobs, have lost businesses, have lost loved ones who lost their health with these, some of these people that we call them long haulers that are having long lasting effects from, from having had uh, COVID-19. So there's been a lot of suffering to go around, so to speak. But as a spiritual father to this local church, I am in a very special way a spiritual father to my sons, my priest sons. And I don't care how old they are. <laughs> Quite mm-hmm. honestly, mm-hmm. a good number of these priests are a lot older than I am and have a lot more experience in pastoral ministry than I do. But they're, but they're still my spiritual sons. And like uh, so many fathers out there and mothers who have that special calling to care for their children, yes, I'm spiritual father to all of, of, of the people, laity, religious, and clergy in, in Western Oregon. But there's a special bond of relationship in the priesthood that we share together, that we are, we are one presbyterate. We are, we are one brotherhood, really, in, in the presbyterate. And there's a special relationship of spiritual fatherhood of a, of a bishop to, to the priest serving uh, under his care. So I 
just felt that as that as the archbishop, I needed to pour into my priests in a special way. And that's why I called this special convocation. You know, we have, the priests have their annual retreat in June uh, that they can go on, that not, that some do their own retreat. And then we have the big annual convocation in October, usually the first week in October out on the coast in Newport. But this was a special gathering that I called of the priests to call us all together in this time as we're trying to come out of COVID, as we try to reflect on where we have been as a church, not just in this last year, but in more recent years, and that I wanted to do something for my priests. I wanted to give them a gift, a time to step away, uh, permission, if you will, to step away from the busyness of their lives, to come together as brothers, all together in one place, to have an experience together that I hope will renew us, strengthen us, encourage us, give us hope, uh, re-energize us, and, and heal, really, some of the wounds that, that, that we carry with us, not just because of this last year, but just because of, of life <laughs> and, and the fact that we're human beings. So that's what we, that's what we did last, last week. We, we called the priests together to come together for a few days of, of convocation, really more retreat, with this ministry, special new ministry, Acts 29, uh, and Father John Ricardo and his team. It was, it was, so it was a very powerful and beautiful week. Mm-hmm. I know for a lot of listeners of Catholic Radio, they're familiar with Father John Ricardo. He has a lot of radio programs, and so we're familiar with some of his teachings. Christ is the Answer, yeah. I think, is one of the most popular programs on Catholic Radio. But give us a sense of just that ministry, Acts 29, for those who aren't familiar, what really drew your heart to yeah. say, I really want to invite this team for this particular time and mission? Yeah, I, I, I tease Father Ricardo. I, I listen to a lot of, of modern-day <laughs> radio, and, I, and all of you good listeners out there need to know <laughs> that when I'm in the car— it's on. Uh, it's it's on modern day, and when I drive south, and I start getting uh, that losing the signal from <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Portland, and then I switch over and pick it up from Eugene. Yep. But yeah, so I teased him. I said, "Geez, half the time I I turn on the radio, it seems like you're talking." You know, but Father Ricardo is a priest of the Archdiocese of of Detroit, and I've known Father Ricardo since he was a deacon uh, mm, back mm-hmm. in Rome. I was doing my postgraduate studies there as a priest in canon law. He was a deacon. And so that's where I first got to know him and, and was very impressed with him even at that time. I thought to myself, this guy has a special gift. Uh, God has, has something special in store for this, this young, pre- or young priest to be. So uh, Father Ricardo has been released. Uh, he ran and ran. He shepherded a, 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 one of the most vibrant and successful parishes in the Archdiocese of Detroit, Our Lady of Good Counsel in Plymouth, Michigan. In fact, he was my niece's pastor because uh-huh. uh, well, my niece moved into that area uh, and joined the parish. But he's been released by his archbishop, Archbishop Vigneron, the Archbishop of Detroit, to, to begin this new ministry uh, called Acts 29. Now, I confess, when I first heard that the name of this ministry was Acts 29, I said, wow, I wonder, I, I don't remember what's in the 29th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. I want to go see what it's all about because that must say something about their ministry. Well, you know, you quickly realize there is no 29th chapter to the Acts of the Apostles. It ends at chapter 28. <laughs> and the, 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 the spirituality of that or the message of that is, we mm-hmm. are living the 29th mm-hmm. chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. In other words, we are living 
the new era, if you will, in the mm-hmm. church, uh, a time of apostolic mission, similar to the time of the early church. You know, we're in a place, a new place now in the church and in the world. The church's place in the world is mm-hmm. different. Christendom, uh, the area of, of, of era of Christendom, is really dead, uh, and we're in an age again of apostolic mission, similar to the early church. You know, living. As a, as a church in the midst of an increasingly hostile, uh, at times, environment. But we have to be then on fire with apostolic mission. And so what Acts 29 seeks to do is minister to parishes and, in our case, to an entire archdiocese. This need to re-proclaim the gospel, the good news, uh, to, to, to the world. And we decided uh, as a leadership team here, my leadership team at the Pastoral Center, and this discernment I've been going through in the last year plus, that we needed to really to, to focus on, on our priests first. And again, I, I want people to hear this very clearly. I don't want this to, to uh, sound like, you know, we don't care about <laughs> the, the average uh, lay faithful or, or even the religious or the deacons, for that matter. We, we care about all, all of them. We as priests, as archbishop, we exist for the service of our people. We are here to serve God, to serve Christ, and to serve him by serving our people. We are, we are here to serve and to lay down our lives, as, as Jesus said, uh, uh, for our flocks. And so it has to start with us, though. If we are the shepherds, if we are the ones who are going to lead the church and shepherd the church during this this challenging time, but an exciting time too, mm-hmm. uh, an exciting time to be a Catholic, an exciting time to be a priest, because this is a time, I believe, of great spiritual renewal in the church. It's a difficult time. And I may not see in my own lifetime the the real beginnings of of the the obvious renewal and and resurgence this is a time for planting seeds this is a time for getting sort of regrounded in the gospel and and recommitted to our faith and it really has to start with the priests because they are the leaders as there's a ancient roman a latin uh, phrase i don't can't think of the latin off the top of my head but it basically says as goes the head so goes the body. Mm-hmm. And the priest, by virtue of his ordination, is sacramentally configured to Jesus Christ in such that as the Second Vatican Council reminded us, the priest ministers in persona Christi capitis, in the person of Christ, the head of his body, the church. And so we want our priests to be healthy, to be holy, to be happy, to be on fire, to be zealous, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be united in mission uh, with one another and with their archbishop for the sake of the faithful, you know, not, not for their own sakes, but for the sake of leading and shepherding the people of God in the ways of, of life in Christ. And so we, we've just felt that there was a need to focus on our priests for, for this initial stage of, 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 of a new evangelization. And that's what this week was about. So we brought in this Acts 2019. team. Father John Ricardo came in with his team, which is a deacon and, and, and three other lay people. And then they brought even in some more people beyond that to just to be a prayer ministry with our priests last week. And basically, Acts 29, you know, <laughs> uh, kind of their, their, some of their assumptions are that, you know, the world is crying, uh, the world is crying, the church is crying in many ways. You know, the church is in a, uh, a place 
uh, of, of great struggle right now, and, and there's all sorts of issues in the church right now, and we need to name them all. We are painfully aware of them, but the church is crying. But then we were made for this time, uh, that, that God created us and placed us in this world for this time. And as priests, as religious, as deacons, as laity, together in the body of Christ, we were made for this time. And so uh, really the, 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 the retreat uh, slash convocation was about allowing ourselves as priests to be, as Father Ricardo put it, to be soaked in the gospel. You know, the priests are called upon to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, to proclaim the good news, the kerygma. We, we preach the word of God. We minister to our people through the sacraments and by hopefully being good shepherds, uh, leading them in the ways of life in Christ. But, you know, who ministers to us? <laughs> who pours mm-hmm. into us? You know, it, it seems like so much is expected of us to give to others. And that's really what we're there for. So I don't, I don't. I don't regret or 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 uh, resent in in any way. Neither do our priests that 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 call upon ourselves to lay down our lives and to give ourselves for others. That's why we became priests. But once in a while, we need someone to pour the gospel into us. We need to hear the good news mm-hmm. for ourselves, with all of our kind of uh, our 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 struggles, our woundedness, our brokenness, even at times. And I shared, um, maybe your pastors will share that with you. I shared uh, some very, very, very personal stuff, if you will, with our priests last week from my own background and my own life. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't do that gratuitously. I did it with a purpose and a reason because I realized that my life experiences have helped shape me into the, into the man, into the priest, into the bishop that I am. But that my own, if you will call them wounds, have, have really impacted my ability to be a good spiritual father to my priests and to, to the people. And I'm, I'm becoming increasingly aware of that, where there's need for some healing in my own life so that I can be a better spiritual father to my priests and, and to the people of God entrusted to my care. So it was a very intense uh, time uh, for us to come together but to, 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 we, we spent an entire day, one day, Wednesday, last week, just being soaked in the gospel ourselves, being preached to about, you know, what Christ has done for us, what God has done for us in his son Jesus. And the theme kind of of the day was, was uh, created, captured, rescued, mm. and then our response. In other words, created, uh, and uh, Father Ricardo did an incredible reflection on on the on the, the 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 beauty and the and the the majesty of creation, and that in the midst of all of that, we're each a unique treasure in in the heart of God, and then captured, captured by the evil one, the enemy, uh, the enemy of our our human nature, the enemy uh, uh, who is Satan, who is the devil, and his uh, you know demons, his his legions, if you will. We've been, we've been sort of captured and wounded by original sin and by our own sinfulness. And the evil one, ha, he's very clever. He knows just how to play us. He knows just what buttons to push. He's, you know, and, and so we can be kind of captured by him. 
by sin, by death, by, by the enemy. But we have been then rescued, and we've been rescued in Christ, and that's what we've been celebrating mm-hmm. during Lent and this whole Easter season. We have been rescued. We needn't live as captured uh, slaves of, of the enemy and of death and of sin, but we have been freed. We have been rescued, redeemed in Christ, Jesus, risen from the dead. And so, you know, to hear that good news again, especially for our own struggles and our own sinfulness and our own, to know that we don't have to live these lies that the evil one tells us and, and tells us that we're not worthy and that we're not, we're not, uh, we have to earn it. And that, you know, somehow God is disgusted with us, you know, when we fall and when we sin and our weakness and, 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 our, and our failings. So to hear that good news of, of, of having been rescued by the love of God in Christ Jesus, his son. And then what is our response to that? Uh, how do we respond to having been rescued by a God who loves us so much? You know, that response, of course, is to, is to share this news with with the rest of the world, which is really, really what the church's mission is. And I think that that was a big, important part of this time together was to be reminded that this is the message of the church. You know, and I think sometimes we presume this, that everybody knows this. Everybody knows the story, right? Everybody knows the story. Everybody knows the story of redemption and, and in Christ, and that's also critically important. So we just we sort of presume all that and then move on with, okay, then the other works of the church. No, I think what we're becoming increasingly aware of is that people don't know the story. They don't know what God has done for us. They don't know why we needed a Redeemer. So to be kind of immersed in this 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 whole story again and to, to hear it afresh is it was it was incredible it was an incredible experience and i think the priests uh, you know were very were very touched by it mm-hmm. we see such a great example in jesus taking his apostles going up to the mountain you know knowing that there are times in the development of a ministry that we need to go out to pray to to take that inner circle of those disciples that are going to follow him and be the ones who will preach the good news and and we need to follow that same example, which is what you're doing. You're bringing those priests out. We need to take some time. We need to listen to why we are called and who's calling us and to have that relationship. When everybody kind of started to depart and going back to the ministries and the responsibilities, it's like you've gone through the water, refreshed, mm-hmm. and now, okay, here's a new chapter uh, what was your sense of this next step forward in the archdiocese? Yeah, I think that um, I mean, it, well, I have to say, and 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 I'll be on a webinar uh, as this airs on on for the first time on Tuesday evening. I'll be in a webinar with all these same priests tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, and I'm going to have to acknowledge to them it, it wasn't exactly a restful time. Right. To be honest, <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't. It was. It was. You know, you hear that in the Gospels, Jesus says to the apostles, come away with me and rest for a while. Well, we did come away together, <laughs> but it was pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was, it was, for me, it was emotionally intense. Uh, it was very draining, you know, quite honestly. But I, I, I call it a good tired, a good mm-hmm. exhaustion, because it's an, it's an exhaustion or a tiredness, if you will, born of great fruit, great work. I think that God did in us. I sensed coming away from this, 
a greater openness of the brothers to each other in the presbyterate, uh, an acknowledgement of some of our own wounds and divisions among us. I mean, uh, I, I don't think it comes as a shock to people that, yeah, they're even among a presbyterate and, and look at our church, you know, so divided in so many ways today that even amongst a group of priests like this serving in, in a local church, there are some wounds of division among us. But what was beautiful thing is those, those sort of came out into the light, not in a negative way in the sense that, you know, it was a painful thing and it was just, it was just, you know, a, a negative experience, but it was like, there was like this humble acknowledgement of this and that we as priests need to work on this together. We need to talk about these things. We need to pray about these things. We need these divisions among us healed for the sake of the mission that, that united as one body to forward the proclamation of the gospel, the good news in Western Oregon, to be about this work of the new evangelization. We need unity among ourselves. We need that love for one another, the brotherhood among us. You know, I, 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 I apologize if people don't like military images, but there was that great uh, HBO series some years ago uh, called The Band of Brothers, and that's one of the images that I, I kind of tried to leave with them, with the priests. We are a band of brothers. Uh, we, yes, we have our differences. Yes, sometimes we get on each other's nerves. Uh, and, and yes, sometimes we don't like what that other one thinks or says or does. But we're a band of brothers, united in Christ, a supernatural bond. And we are engaged in a spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still battling the enemy. You know, the, I like to say the war's already been won, but we have to still fight out the final battles. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and But we do that as a band of brothers united. And I think there was a greater openness. I think there was a greater unity that actually happened there. But I think more importantly, perhaps, there was a greater openness to wanting to forge that unity, to be reconciled, to be one with each other, one with their bishop, as we try to lead the, the the people of God in this great work ahead of us. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful time as we go from Ascension to Pentecost to really pray again, pour out your gifts, Holy Spirit, particularly here in Western Oregon, on the whole world. But we live here, right here and right now. Let us call upon the Holy Spirit we were to made work. made for this time. Absolutely. <laughs> well, with that, Archbishop, please help yes. us close in prayer. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families, your loved ones, your parishes, and your pastors, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. And thank you all for listening to this episode of The Voice of the Shepherd on Mater Dei Radio. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. Until our next encounter, may you have a blessed week. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.